Hi there, everybody. My name is Sophie Aldred, and I played Ace in Doctor Who. And you are listening to Podcastica. Podtastica. Pod. Pod. Podtastic. Podtastica! <laughs> Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 113 of Podcastica here on NOTLG.com. We watched The Silver Nemesis and thus completing season 25 of Classic Who. We did it. Oh boy. Uh, my name is John and joining me this week as he does every week or every other week or, you know, whenever we would like to record an episode is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, is it raining by you? Because it's raining a lot over here. It has been raining all day long and I've been working from home. So I've got to enjoy the sound of it on the skylights here. Good. That's great. Um, yeah. It is, uh, we had the, one of our doors open, one of the rolly doors at work open. It was raining all day. It was, it was very nice. It was very cold. I love the rain. Yeah. It is the best. Um, we, we, we always need it. What can I say? It's California. Yes, we do. We do always need it. And I feel like it's going to rain, um, tomorrow as well. Yeah. At least in Departed tomorrow. And, uh, tonight's weather brought to you by Podcastica. <laughs> Coming up next on 95.3. We've got a non-stock block of, I don't know what's happening, <laughs> traffic every hour on the hour. That's right. That's just what was happening. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so how have you been? I'm good. Happy New Year to you. Yes. Welcome to 2018. Happy New Year indeed. We did it. We we did. We'll see how the world handles you know this year. but uh, Hopefully pretty well. Hopefully. We're, we're here. And and holy moly, is Gallifrey one getting real close? Oh, now? it's it's um, it's a coming up, my friend. We, we're like what, maybe about six weeks out. Yeah, it's uh, it's right around the corner. Oh boy! And I am uh, I think I'm as prepared as I'm gonna be. Yeah, I want to go over some more lists just to make sure. I want to travel light because. I don't want to check a bag. Oh yeah, speaking on of a that, flight into LA. Speaking of that, we're all flying. Did yeah, we, everybody's flying? Everybody's flying now. So uh, literally re- everybody, Anna and Peter too. Yes, they are going to be oh, flying as well. We just God. decided, you know what? Maybe we should just fly in. And everyone said, you know what? That's probably for the best. So oh boy, that's well, what we're doing. There, there goes my hope of being like, hey, let's make a quick, uh, quick drive around the. Uh, around the block there to Randy's Donuts, get some Randy's Donuts. Oh well, sir, because we it's can super always, close. We can always Uber. Uh, I guess. Oh, not a fan. Uh, no, it's not. It's something I've done once. Oh, and, it's and great. it was and it was the person I was seeing who was like, "Oh yeah, let's just get this." And I'm like, uh, uh, "Okay, sure." The... Not that I'm not a fan, All right. you know, but it's just like, eh, okay. We'll we'll get those donuts. I'm down for those donuts. We'll do it. I've to try Randy's. We will get the donuts somehow, some way. All right. All right. So, Taylor, we've got some Who news before we get into uh, Silver Nemesis. So, uh, Indeed. Why don't you take it away here? Well, if we weren't already convinced that Peter Capaldi is like a gift from the Gallifreyan gods, an amazing man, uh, he, he wrote a letter to uh, a kid who was worried about his regeneration. 
Um, and I'll have a I'll link to the story in the, in the show notes if you for some strange reason haven't seen it yet. But it's it's incredibly cute. And, um, you know, Capaldi did what he does. He draws amazingly well, wrote the most amazing, touching letter. Oh, of course he did. Um, it, it, it says, Dear David, I hope you're having a very Merry Christmas. Christmas is good fun. Well, not always. Not every single second. Regenerating is not completely good fun, and it usually happens about Christmas time. But you know what? Even though it can be a little icky, like really bad flu, it was always... Oh, sorry. It has always, always turned out good for Doctor Who. The new Doctor always becomes your favorite, and the one that goes, well, he never really goes. He's always there somewhere in time and space, and if you think about him hard enough, you'll see him, and he'll see you. It's like the Doctor says, everything ends, and it's always sad, but everything begins again, and that's always happy. Yes. Be happy. Um and I was just like, I was gonna, oh my God. I completely forgot that I was going to end um, his last episode with that quote. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, he ended that letter with it. And I also love that the letter is um, dated November 23rd, 1963. Right. I love that. It's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, it's... We don't deserve this man. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I'd also I'd like to give a shout out uh, to a site called Doctor Who Toy Box for recently helping me in pricing some vintage toys. Um, and also thanks to a friend of the show, Mike Solko, for suggesting the site. Um, I'm going to link to it. I think uh, it's worthwhile for everyone to kind of like have this in the bookmark somewhere because um, I actually had somebody reach out to me uh, through Instagram being like, hey, I saw you're into Doctor Who. Um, my dad passed a while ago, and, and he really liked Doctor Who. Um, and he's got some, like, old figures and stuff. And would you maybe like to buy them? <laughs> oh. And I was like, well, what do you got? And um, it's it's a bunch of the 1987-88 Dapple uh, action figures. Uh, so it's, like, Seven and Ace and Mel oh. and the fourth Doctor. There's a canine. There's an Ice Warrior. That's um, great. Davros, there's a loose Dalek. Uh, but but most of them are still in the packaging, which is kind of like, okay, you've got my attention. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and so we're going back and forth. He's got some ideas what they're worth. I've got some ideas what they're worth. And um, at the same time, I, I regularly kind of poke around on eBay and stuff to see what's there. And I remember my grandmother and she she was the one who first got into Doctor Who and got my mom into Doctor Who, who then got me into Doctor Who. Um, she had one of those uh, PBS, you know, make a pledge, get a disappearing TARDIS mug, oh. uh, which was much, much simpler than the one that you can buy nowadays. Um, and I kid you not, there is somebody on eBay who is, I don't know, smoking crack, quite honestly. <laughs> Um, he's convinced it's from the sixties. He's convinced you could get it from a pledge break during the sixties. And we all know that, uh, Dr. Who didn't air in America and on PBS even until the mid to late seventies. Yeah. Um, so sixties. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> wants $775 for this thing. Wow. Good and for I'm them, like, I guess. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, at seriously. best it's worth twenty, maybe thirty if it's you know in really good condition. But seven hundred and seventy-five, I'm no, sorry. No and way. it's it's great because you know I actually emailed the guys at Doctor Who Toy Box and said, "Hey, look, I'm just trying to research this to see if this guy is 
really full of it or just what. Um, and they were very nice and replied and were like, oh, yeah, no, no, those were only made in the 80s. They were not made in the 60s. Um, but if you go to drwhotoybox.co.uk and look for the University of Gallifrey t-shirt, uh, the picture of it now is actually one that I own. Oh, cool. There wasn't a picture for it. I said, hey, can I submit a picture for it? They're like, yeah, go for it. So nice. I sent them a picture of the shirt that I've had since like 1990. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so Toby Haddock has uh, put together a 2017 Doctor Who in memoriam video, which is just over 10 minutes long uh, to honor those we lost in the Doctor Who world last year. And I started to watch it before we recorded and I basically had to stop because I was about to cry. Oh, um, and it's, it's, it's detailed. I mean, it's, you know, obviously the music is really what did it, but it's not just, you know, the big actors and the big directors and the big producers, you know, people who had actually very small parts in some of these, um, it's very thorough. It's amazing. It's like, Oh, here's this guy who was an extra in the gunfighters and he passed away this year. And it's like, wow. Okay. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, and uh, so check that out. Again, I'll have a, a link to that in the show notes as well. Nice. And we've got some news via the Radio Free Scarrow podcast that I listened to. Um, it sounds as though at least part of season 11 is filming in Cape Town, South Africa. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen a lot out there in terms of news or social media or anything talking about it. I, I, I did see one thing and I kind of was like, I can't, I don't know if that's real or not. And then these guys talked about it and I was like, okay, so, so they are, I wonder what they're doing. And I guess later this year they'll be filming in Ireland, but yeah, beyond that details are pretty vague. Interesting. Um, yeah. Huh. I actually also, I retweeted something from, or that I saw on Twitter from the podcastica account about, uh, Jody Whitaker talking about how they designed the costume. Oh, yeah, I know that the latest uh, Doctor Who magazine, uh, which I think comes out on the 11th, at least in the UK, um, has quite a bit about that. That's actually an, an issue that I kind of want to talk to our local comic book shop here in town and be like, look, can you get a copy of this? <laughs> I, I want this. So I have some I have some quotes from Jody from that. It says, yeah. Ray and myself designed the costume from scratch. He was able to take some bizarre explanation from me and then offer up exactly what I was trying to articulate. Uh, nice. the, the petrol color of the trousers was selected from a wallpaper, which caught Jody's eye. Wow. Which is, that's just so cool. And I love that she had so much input on it. I think that's pretty cool as well. Totally. So Taylor, um, yes. we watched the silver nemesis this week. We did. Uh, it starred Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor, Sophie Aldred as Ace, Fiona Walker as Lady Painfort, Anton Driffin? Driffring. No, diff Diffring. Diffring as DeFlores, or Flores if you're a Mets fan. <laughs> and David Banks as the Cyber Leader. It was written by Kevin Clark and directed by Chris Clough. It first yep. aired November 23rd to December 7th, 1988, and is the third story of season 25, and we've got a whole kloof of story notes. <laughs> Nailed it. Nice. Yeah, surprisingly, there is actually quite a number of story notes. Now, this this is, you know, declared the 25th anniversary special, so take a moment and think about that compared to the other anniversary specials we've looked at. 
Oh, wait. Ooh. Yeah. We've watched the 10th. Yes. We haven't watched the 20th. We, we watched, need to get to that. We watched the 50th. We've watched the 50th. Um, blessedly, we haven't watched the 30th. <laughs> um, is the third... Which one is the 30th? Uh, uh, a... a kind of hastily thrown together uh thing i think it's called dimensions in time oh boy all right um and, and of course it was it was done in the wilderness years in fact there's an entire wilderness years documentary i found recently oh uh, on youtube yeah I'll, I'll shoot you the link oh, um, i haven't had a chance to watch it yet but i've got it i've got it bookmarked okay um yeah, so we'll we'll talk about our reactions to this being. I, I almost think that Remembrance would have been a better, you know, official anniversary special. But I just, uh, agree. <laughs> but you know, we'll, we'll get into the, we'll get into the meat and potatoes of that. Yeah, Ace and the Doctor both wear a fez in the story, making fezes cool before Matt Smith came along. Yes, definitely. Uh, Validium is a Gallifreyan living metal. Painfort calls uh, the Validium her nemesis. Oh. Um, I think that more is a possessive than a, you know, that's my nemesis. Yes. That's my nemesis. Um, the Doctor's new boombox for Ace was supposed to have Zygon-like speakers. Um, but, uh, yeah, but these were replaced with more conventional technological ones. So Zygon-like speakers, does that mean they were supposed to be, like, they were supposed to look like a weird, gooey, fleshy substance? I, I think so. I think they were supposed to look like suckers. There's, um... Oh. I'll mention it now. Um, Mike reminded me of a, um... A PBS documentary on the making of Silver Nemesis that I, I, I remember watching back in the 80s and it's on youtube and i will have a link to that um in the show notes i actually watched it uh in addition to watching uh the three episodes that make up this story and it was like oh my god i i remember so much of this (laughs) um and and i noticed that at one point when they were doing a uh like a read-through of the story um they had some like polaroid pictures uh, of the boombox, so they're they're you know pretending to act out the scene where they're you know punching some numbers and I think trying to bring up uh, you know the hollow sphere of of the cyber ships or something. Right. And and if you if you stop it and you look at the Polaroids, it looks as though it's got these sucker like speakers on it. Huh. Interesting. So it, it looks as though it it kind of at least in prop building got to a point where it did have them on there, and then they kind of went, yeah, those look kind of wrong. <laughs> and changed it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, I, I, I would totally would suggest watching that uh, that documentary. It's, it's a whopping fifty six minutes, but it's got some neat stuff in it. Um, so the gasworks site, the site of the warehouse and the main battle sequence, um, takes place on the site that would eventually become the site for the Millennium Dome. Oh, yeah, that's ve- what really? Yeah. Huh. Look at that. I know. Um, wow. So uh, at a few points in the uh, story, the doctor spots a chess set in Lady Painfort's home and realizes that she is a wolf of Fenric. Not that it's ever mentioned in the episode. Consequentially, uh, he becomes aware of Fenric's in an imminent return and plays chess with himself in an apparent preparation, <sighs> though he absolutely wouldn't clarify any of this until the actual confrontation with Fenric. Yes. 
Yeah. Interesting. So we're sitting here being like, oh, look, chess game, chess game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why does he keep playing with the chess game? And here's this whole like subplot going yes. on that just isn't mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, so an outtake from this episode sees Sylvester McCoy tripping over a bush and then trying to stab it with his umbrella. And the, that the blooper actually appears in this, this PBS documentary. Um, and uh, yeah, again, worth watching. All right. Well, I, I will uh, take a look at it when I get a yeah. a second here. It's so, it's not all you know whiz bang. I mean, it is PBS. It's yes. It has pacing issues. Oh no! Then I'll hate it. <laughs> but it's but it's seeing classic Who behind the scenes. Yes. And there's not a lot of that out there. No, that's great. It's and so that vibe. that kind of makes up for it. So, Taylor, uh, as always, you have a world-famous synopsis for us, so uh, take it away. Well, it's 1988, and a mix of power-hungry villains come together, sort of, to try and possess the statue Nemesis, made of living metal. Um, But the Doctor and Ace are on the case, and what ensues might just be the lowest key and most underwhelming anniversary special ever. Underwhelming indeed. (laughs) My goodness. Don't um, get me wrong. I love Seven. I love Ace. I love this era of Doctor Who. Oh, but yeah. Boy, coming back to this story after not having watched it in quite some time, I was like, really? This this was the... Holy moly. Oh, boy. It is... It is um, there is... There is some stuff in, in this that it's just... This, oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I... I'm I am speechless to be honest. You with just you. you've just summed up the whole episode. Thanks everyone. Next yeah, week, I, I think that's honestly all you really need to say is just a jumble of not words, um, more or less. So uh, I guess the overarching story is we're all trying to get <laughs> this. I think at one point I didn't write this note down. I said this is the worst version of Rat Race I've ever seen. <laughs> where they're yes. all trying to get to one thing it's a mad 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 world yes and uh, oh boy i mean i feel like off the top here uh, okay well, the, we, hope, we go no go ahead i was just gonna say the overarching story is we have three different parties we have the doctor and ace oh i'm sorry we have four different four. parties my bad. We have uh, the Doctor and Ace. We have Lady Painfort and De Flores, and we well, have no, no De Flores. De Flores, the Nazi, the 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 head of the Nazi. Oh, group. I'm sorry. Richard is Richard Painfort. Yes, accompaniment. So yes, we have uh, the lady and Rich Richard Richard, mm-hmm. and then we have De Flores and you know the Nazi party. Even though they're not called that at all, we know we know what you are. It's, it, they make it pretty obvious. I mean, we basically open with an episode of hunting Hitler. It's Nazis in South America. Yes, I think it it opens on a, a swastika, I believe. Just about. Yeah, and uh, we have the Cybermen, and we're all trying to. Um... <laughs> oh man, I wanted to make. I can't even make the reference like a Legends of the Hidden Temple reference that I can't even wow. I can't even think. I feel like there was something where you had to get an arrow and a bow and you had to put everything together. I don't know. I kind of wish know. it had taken place in the Legend of the Hidden Temple. That might have improved it a bit. It might have. There was a lot of just jazz. Yes. There's so much jazz and there was ta- quite a bit Taylor, of jazz. do you do you enjoy jazz? Um 
in in sparing amounts, you know, luxury yeah. car commercials on in the background, yeah. or uh, you know, if I've got to run into a Starbucks real quick and get a coffee. Yeah, not. Uh, I don't tend to seek it out nowadays. Oh, uh, other than that, I mean, if we learned one thing about jazz, it's that it disrupts uh, Cybermen transitions. What well, that's absolutely true because there is, you know, they are so cold and logical, and jazz is so completely free form. Oh man. And uh, uh, I don't want to say nonsensical, because but that is what a Cyberman would think about. It is. They would yeah. think that jazz is nonsensical. Very deep. It is illogical. It, it is. It is nonsensical. <laughs> you eradicated. Oh my goodness. So yeah, we are following a a comet, a com the comet nemesis, and we're all yes. over, we're all over the place here. And my one of my first notes is. Uh, that stuck-up white guy just stopped that old white guy from killing a parrot. And then yes. I went, oh, they're Nazis. Never mind. It all makes sense now. Oh, as as if... What do we get? We we get, like, this this panning across the room where we have multiple uh, uh, bits of Nazi paraphernalia. And then when he is out on the uh, veranda there with his very antiquated phonograph... Um, it's playing Flight of the Valkyries. So if you didn't already get the hint that there's Nazis, <laughs> here's the musical clue to be like, hey, Nazis. Oh, man. And I have I have no doubt in my mind that there's a great likelihood that uh, Hitler and members of the Nazi party escaped to South America. I've oh. watched Hunting Hitler. I, I, I buy it. They, they, yeah, a bunch of them escaped. So De Flores being down there is completely within the realm of possibility. Why not? Oh, yeah. I do not disagree. <laughs> um, I love... So we're sitting at this... I don't know if it's a jazz club. I, just jazz is being played somewhere. And, and jazz, I almost have part. a note that says, where, where Ace and the Doctor? It's been at least six minutes, and I have not seen either one of them. Just not. Well, and here, here's the funny thing. This story actually is supposed to take place in November. Oh. And here they are at like this Wait, very what? sunny, warm park. <laughs> Yeah. In England, listening to jazz. And I'm like, that's climate change, man. Yeah, that's just a sign of the times. Apparently. That was Prince, right? Sign of the times? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, not jazz, by the way. Uh, no. I love that Ace has this newspaper, and she's like, hey, look at that, and holds up the newspaper, and the headline <laughs> on the front is, giant comet will murder us all, or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, how does the doctor not, like, Hey, Ace, look at that on the front cover. Maybe we should be concerned about that. Well, yeah, because she's all focused on, like, the, the soccer scores and stuff. Yes. Um, but how how almost comical a trope yes. is that? Yes. Um, I love the doctor's pocket watch. That was pretty yes. sweet. Oh, it was I like to build one of those when I was a kid. Oh, man. They should, I don't know, uh, maybe someone at Gallifrey will sell something like that. That would be cool if somebody wants to take a the shell of a pocket watch and like shove some Casio guts into it. I'd be all over it. Yeah, it was super cool looking. I was like, oh, uh, I enjoy that. I don't think I've I've seen that before. Mm, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think in the ones we've seen he's had it up to this point. Uh, you could tell we were in the '80s, and just this is very dated when Ace says, "Hey, sign my cassette tape." Yes, <laughs> I fell out of my chair. And that that actually is those aren't like actors playing jazz. That actually is a a fairly, as I understand, popular 
uh, jazz artist at the time. Oh yeah, uh, that they that they got to come out for like a day to play this one scene. Yeah, they uh they gave him a some pretty nice airtime. I think he yeah. also even like gave a thumbs up as they they left to be murdered <laughs> by two dudes in headphones. Two dudes in headphones, and here's Very here's my silver headphones. Here's my take on this. I mean, I feel like two guns can't shoot like that but i guess i have to remember there is time travel in this show so i guess i can't be too upset about it the only thing that i'll be upset about with this particular sequence is is i want to know how these bullets are ricocheting off leaves (laughs) yes oh my goodness (laughs) and these guys they are obviously they are under cyber control but they're obviously not converted either so would these technically be like cyber bound outfits i guess it's kind of like they're kind of cosplaying <laughs> cybermen but not really they it's don't like, have like the whole like yeah. i can't afford a mask but i'm just gonna i'm gonna paint these headphones silver and we're all silver and, and, and we have yeah, a gun that gray. cannot shoot like that <laughs> that was so strange i went oh man they're like oh no there's people after us i went oh my goodness there's like a whole army and then there's just these two guys with like little silencer guns yes i went i don't think that's how guns work that's definitely not how leaves work no and oh my goodness so they escape and they go who are those people i don't know so we go back to i we need to talk about uh oh my goodness there were some good i don't even know if they were meant to be comedic but let's face it they probably were when uh, uh yeah lady painford and richard drink that uh time traveling punch oh yeah Yes, and they time travel via black magic and cheap special effects. Yes, and it w- I absolutely loved that scene because it's just them both screaming mm-hmm. as they are time traveling, and then they are in the same place, but they are in 1988, screaming in the middle of what appears to be a cafe. Right, straight into dinner theater. I loved it. I thought that was so funny. No, it was. It was great. Um, the 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 and I, I get it. I would probably have that same reaction to time travel if I was outside. Oh yeah, you know, a vehicle. If I literally was, you know, free flowing in that. But yeah, <laughs> you know, just that whole thing of like, ah, oh look, there's people sitting at tables. Oh, it's. And their reaction was just, um, they just sat there. That's, yes. And we have that, (laughs) we we have these kind of like underreactions from like, I don't know, the extras and stuff all throughout this story. Oh my goodness. Um, Or even the actors. I mean, in, in some of these battle sequences, you know, it's like, you know, De Flores is is there, uh, uh, and and the guy next to him gets shot right down, and he just kind of like blinks and is like, "Oh, he's down. Okay, um, yeah. What do we do now?" And I'm like, "You guys, Ugh. yeah, oh, people gosh. were phoning it in for sure, uh, a little bit. Oh and my goodness! Unfortunately, Lady Painfort's you know hired Shakespearean looking mathematician <laughs> as he's calculating out you know when." nemesis will return to earth he completely forgets to take into account because he couldn't yet it hadn't happened the fact that they switched from the julian to the gregorian calendar how would he have known and he wouldn't have yeah but he also wouldn't have come up with the date that he did yes there was a lot of we get the trope of someone that is clearly out of time you know out of their own time where it's just like oh what is this 
mysterious carriage and it's a car and you're like oh he doesn't know cars exactly it's like oh my lady there's people of course there's people it's windsor and i'm like (laughs) how about how about of course there's people it's earth i don't know yeah (laughs) so um i really loved and it was a kind of subtle effect for a little bit the uh, glowing effect on the bow let's talk about that yeah let's talk about that that is a number of the special effects Mm, the comet flying through space amongst other things um in this story leave quite a bit to be desired um i don't know if they just spent their special effects budget on uh like fenric and remembrance but um that effect the glowing of the bow the glowing of the statue the glowing of the arrow was really good and here's how they did it oh okay oh yes yes um now for what it's worth took this information directly from that pbs documentary so you want you want to actually visually see how it's done instead of just hear me talk about it go look at that but they basically painted all of that stuff with a reflective paint it's like the same stuff they use on street signs yes right or um like i know at least in california all our brand new license plates are all reflective so yeah cops can see them at night stuff right so um they took some of that paint and painted these objects with it and there was basically like a little um like a six light attachment that they would put over um like the lens of the camera uh-huh and so so basically just picture a camera and and around the lens there's a bunch of white lights so they're 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 shooting in parallel with the camera huh and these lights you know they could obviously control them so they would you know strobe and um so long as you're shooting in parallel with the lights it will glow it will reflect that light back into the camera wow. you move just you know a foot or two off in either direction yeah. and you don't see it oh that's really cool yeah it is and and it's really cool to kind of see how like they literally like they they take the light rig and they stick it on the the documentary uh camera guys uh camera and then you know they 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 show how it works you know they walk off in the distance with the bow and everything and i'm like that's actually really kind of cool that is very cool i thought it was uh a a digital not a practical it totally was not a digital effect that is completely a practical effect i think great i think you get a little bit of digital effect um uh later when you've got like the full statue size obviously when lady pain for it yes jumps into the uh uh comet with her yes and then also the uh when i think the cyber ship is landing in which part was that i really lo- i actually thought it looked pretty cool um oh i think, I it, think was it was in part, part two it was in part two yeah where it lands in like the field and i was like oh that looks really cool you know funny thing about that one that i remember seeing a note in tardis wikia um that they actually had like uh, a helicopter, an actual helicopter, come in and land like as a placeholder. Oh, and at certain points, if you're looking, I, I'm assuming toward the top of the ship, you can actually see the rotor just a little bit. <laughs> Great. And I, I, for as many times as I've watched Silver Nemesis, I've never noticed that. Huh. But yeah, that's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, they basically just pasted this, you know, cyber cyber ship. Oh my goodness, that's great! Or a helicopter. That's great. Yeah. 
Um, what else? Where are we right now? Oh, the uh, we're uh, in Windsor Castle, and there's fezes about. Yes, there are, and that's where. Um, what are Ace and the Doctor? What are they? Oh, oh, is this where the Queen comes in? Yes, <laughs> with the corgis. Yes. Oh my goodness, that was that was nice. I enjoyed that, and he's like, "Oh, we got to go talk to her." Mm-hmm. And they get caught, and I I love Ace's line. You better listen to him, Weasel Features. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was like, damn, Ace got some good lines, man. Oh, and then we get this bit where they get away with the Doctor using these glasses. Yes. Oh my God. Is these this glasses. A, is this a one time bit? This is completely a one time bit. Where he just puts these glasses on and he goes, you will let us go away and you will not follow us. And then he's like, Ace, go just walk away. And then it seems to work. I th- uh, only trouble is it doesn't last long. <laughs> exactly. And he says so he, there's a pun of having to make a spectacle of yourself. Yes, yes. And, and I think he also says walk in like you own the place, kind of. So there's a lot of... And that's, uh, yes, and that that's when, when the queen is walking the other way with her corgis. Yes. Um... I thought the music choices throughout this entire serial were um, very strange. Um, yeah. Especially when um, there was this triumphant arrival music for the Nazis in the <laughs> first... Up in, their, in their Ford Transit van. Yes. I was so confused. <laughs> I'm like, this is not... I We should not... They should not have triumphant music. It was very strange. Yeah, it was. I I, I won't disagree with that. It it was strange. Um, I think I think it was more trying to be you know serious and kind of like evoke just yeah. like you know look here's Nazis rather than like yes. let's celebrate these guys. Here the Nazis. I would have rather had a, it needed to be a little more doom and gloom when the Nazis show up. I feel yes. It was I, very I, I, bright I, music. It, it... It is. Like, if there's a word to describe it, it was very bright. And, yeah, it should have been more dark and doom and gloom. I, I could definitely, I would agree with that. Um, and, again, this this Peavis documentary, they've actually got a bit with uh, Kef McCullough, who's doing the music, um, and and his synthesizer. Yes. And, and all the different sound samples that he can fit onto a uh, three-and-a-half-inch floppy disk. Oh my goodness! And, and he goes through, and he's like, "Oh yeah, here's these sounds, and here's what I can do with them, and you know, here's this bit of music, and here's these drums, and um, wow. it's an interesting watch." Yeah, as soon as I saw the three and a half floppy, I just about, I just about lost it. <laughs> like, wow, I can, I can fit twenty eight seconds. You know, I'm like twenty eight <laughs> seconds. Ooh, on a oh my gosh! Oh jeez! Yeah. So we're all kind of meeting up here, and um. This ship flies overhead and kind of saves Ace from from danger. And she's like, man, I want to thank those people. And the doctor says, man, no. <laughs> it's the Cybermen. live to regret it. <laughs> that was very good. Thank you. I love Sylvester's ours. <laughs> and it's it's the Cybermen. And I be- is this the first time that at least Ace has seen the Cybermen? It's not the first yes. time... Um, I think it's the first time we've had Cybermen in a seven story. And I'm trying to think. I don't think uh, I don't think six encounters. This might be the first appearance of the Cybermen since the fifth doctor. Oh, wow. No, wait, wait, wait. No, that was Daleks. 
Six. Does six encounter Cybermen? Damn, I don't remember. Um, Attack of the Cybermen, yes. Okay, okay. I was sure he had to. Okay. It's just one we haven't watched yet, obviously. Yes, no, if Nazis not. and time-traveling ladies aren't enough, here are the Cybermen. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's just it's just too oh, much. And, wait, wait, wait. We need to go back into Windsor Castle as they're trying to escape these two dudes. We completely neglected that painting of Ace in the castle. Wait, what? Oh, wait. Yes. Oh, my goodness. What? Yes. Oh, I forgot about that. And she's like, wait, I don't remember this. And the doctor's like, because it hasn't happened yet. And oh, like, my God. Wow. And unfortunately, we never get to it. No, we don't. Well, we maybe don't. it doesn't a big finish. I don't yeah, know. I was just going to say, maybe it happens in a big finish. I would hope so. Uh, part two, um, Nazis are fighting Cybermen, and we we don't root for either side, right? The Cybermen? We... <sighs> Is it either... It's either no one or the Cybermen, I think. Yeah, I suppose if I had <laughs> to root for one, I would probably pick Cybermen over Nazis. Yeah, I think we um, all would. <laughs> Although I, I, I love that, you know, Lady Painford gets a few shots in and then DeFlores pulls a, an arrow out and he goes, gold. And in my head, I go, I love gold. <laughs> uh, and it just turns into a whole Mike Myers. Bit. I love that it was not only gold, it was gold dipped in poison. So, you know, the robot was poisoned. Well, I guess the Cyberman. All right. I'll take it back, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever. Um, there are just... And I'm going to skip over a lot, probably. And that's probably okay. There's just so much crazy stuff happening where Richard and the the lady, I'm going to just call her the lady, the lady paying for it. Paying for it? Paying for it. When I was a kid, I was like, lady paying for it. I'm like, what is she paying for? She's paying for the sins that she has caused. (laughs) Good answer. Nailed it. Uh, so the Lady Painford and Richard are just, they're, you know, walking down the street because they don't know anything. And <laughs> there's just these two hooligans Oh yes, that are just like, heads. oh, we're already rats and we have no money and we hate you. <laughs> and it's just. Like, what are you, social workers? Yeah, it's like, what is, what? What is happening? Like, okay. I'm assuming we probably have some listeners in England. Does anybody who does like social work for the NHS, do they dress like this? Is that a thing? And do also hooligans try to beat them up for no reason? I think in the 80s, yes. Oh, wow. Hooligans. That that was kind of a thing. Hooliganing around. Yeah. Uh, I did (laughs) not expect. I was like, how are they going to get out of this? And it was like, oh, my God. I know, right? They hung them upside down without their clothes. And did they light their clothes on fire or just yes oh my they, they heaped their clothes into a pile and lit them on fire and i think <laughs> i think one of the skinheads had like um like lipstick kisses like patterned on his boxers i couldn't tell i was rewatching Perfect. this on a small screen that was um i was not expecting that at all no and admittedly my note for this was like the only good skinhead is one hanging from a tree and then i went oh crap it's not quite how i meant that no because I meant Taylor, upside down, no. yes. because that's what happened, and yes. not like you know. I mean, I mean, I'm against skinheads. Don't get me wrong. Yes, and and that kind of stuff. But you know, My I'm not goodness. advocating killing people. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Um, can, can I just say? Can yeah. I just say? Fashion tip here. Yes. Podcast fashion watch. Uh, Ace's leggings with the red trim. Cool. Yeah. 
I Agreed. like the red trim. Um, man, part two. Goodness, I love oh. that she shows him his his grave. She's like, oh. "Hey, here, here's your grave." Yes. Also, here's my grave. Yes. Aye. Exactly. And and let's let's also kind of give uh, what's due to Silver Nemesis because not only do we have fezes before they were cool, but we also have the TARDIS getting hit with arrows before Twelve made it cool. Ah, yes. And uh, I also believe um, taking off with an arrow stuck in it. Correct. Yeah, which I believe Correct. is one the arrow we need, right? Yes. And yeah. Planting that nice and early. But there's, let's agree, there are some great lines. Oh, yes. Hello, I'm the doctor. Story. I believe you want to kill me. Not only that, but, um, oh... Um, oh, the doctor is going to tell Ace to go blow up the Cyberman ship. And he basically says something like, Ace, I don't suppose you've completely ignored my instructions and made some of that Nitro <laughs> 9 of yours. Uh, and she goes, what if I had? She's, and then he's like, well, then go blow up that ship. Yes. My goodness. Uh, um, tosses her whole rucksack in there. Yeah. Like, oh, God, there goes her backpack. Yeah, just a huge explosion. Yep. Just, yeah, the whole backpack, just tossing it in there. Um, we don't need this costume piece anymore. Boom! Yeah, that ship is completely done for. Uh, yep. The Cybermen and the Nazis get together in a field, and they go, Hey, want to be pals? We could divide the planet into slave groups. Yep. And they're like, sure. Um, and all the while, I feel like there's a lot of lounging about from Ace and the Doctor. Where there they're just actually, listening to jazz and trying to fix this crystal ball, which is also a Prince reference, but not the one I wanted to make like earlier. <laughs> it's like a four disc CD, Taylor. I don't even know Good what's God. happening. God, you just have you been listening to a lot of Prince lately? No, I haven't. I just signed wow. at the Times, and I went. That's a Prince song, and now Crystal Ball. That's also a Prince album. I'm I'm impressed. I don't even listen to Prince that much. <laughs> anyway but you're with the times apparently i am morse day in the times which was in purple rain i don't know what's happening <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen next week tune in to the purple rain cast oh my goodness anyway um they're fixing this this crystal ball all the while listening to jazz which is also blocking cyberman uh transition trans oh my goodness transmission <laughs> all that print yes I believe that's also doing that. And they're like, oh, we fixed the thing. And then they look in it and, yep, it's just cyber warships everywhere. Yep. Yep. You know, speaking of the Cybermen and their whole uh, uh, fatality to, to gold, here's, you will never see the Cybermen try to invade uh, 1849 California. No. You will never see the Cybermen in like a gold rush era story. El Dorado. Was an El Dorado made of gold? Yes. Yeah. That works. Yes. Or the, uh, um, oh my gosh, there was this, this is going to get bizarre. And if anybody gets this show, tweet us, please, because I'd love to find other people who remember this show. But there was a, I want to say it was actually a French production that was dubbed into English that I saw when I was a kid. And my brother actually hunted down the entire set on DVD when we got older. Um, but it was called The Mysterious Cities of Gold. Oh, um, and it was this, um, it was basically a cartoon. I, th I honestly think, I think it was Nickelodeon that showed it like super early in the morning. We'd get up at six to watch it and then show like an episode a day. Huh. 
Interesting. Um, and it, it was really good. It was really, really good. But it was one of those just completely obscure cartoons that we were totally into that later on in life, my brother's like, I have to find this. I have to. I don't care if somebody's like ripped them from VHS and put them on DVDs. I have to own these. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. And he's got them. So, yes, you won't see Cybermen there. No, no, you will not. But their death screams are entirely entertaining. What is... Uh, <laughs> I kind of wish that it uh, followed us into Modern Who, because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> just like a... Yeah. It's just like a man who was yawning that also stubbed his toe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that may be the best way to describe that. Thank you. Uh, so part three, I have, there's just one thing I want to talk about in part three. And I, what is this Southern bell that picks up? Oh my God. Yes. I was, I was like, this is so unnecessary. This is just, I don't yes. even know why we need this. It makes no sense because at the end of the, I mean, we get this whole thing where, um, where Richard is like, oh, I'm going to hitchhike. Mm-hmm. And um, Lady Painfort, she comes uh, out and kind of is, stops a car. And it's the Southern Belle who's basically, it's like, this week on biography is basically what it is for, Pretty like, much. I want to say a good solid four minutes. Can I just say, though, that Lady Pain- Painfort is balling in that Lincoln Town car. Yo. Yes. Yes, she <laughs> is. But also, this was so unnecessary. I, it was just like I don't want to see their their Lyft driver talk to them about their day. It's that's not a show I want to see. No, I I, I I agree. I mean, we've got a story here where you know it, it's it's the classic setup. Here's this you know great thing of power. Of yeah. course, it's Gallifreyan. Of course, it somehow escaped Gallifrey. Always does. Their armory security is crap. Yes. Um. And we have villains who are vying to possess it. So, you know, a typical story, you want it nice and balanced. Okay, maybe maybe you got one big bad going after it. Maybe, maybe you've got two decent-sized bads going after it. Um, here we have three bads going after it. One of them big and two of them, you know, decent-sized. That's enough. That's more than enough to fill what's only a three-parter. yes. This isn't even a four-part story. No. <laughs> but somehow we get a lot of these things where there's a lot of just extra stuff thrown in. And, and this whole, you know, here's this, this I don't know, if if Nancy Reagan was, was from Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Kind of lady. Um, I imagine she probably listens, this lady listens to the 700 Club. <laughs> And we get this. When she gets up in the morning. Yeah, we get the introduction of this character deep into episode three. Right. The final, and it, it's almost like they went back and shot all of that uh, dialogue in the car after the original uh, scene of her watching the comet take off. And it, it's, it almost feels like, well, nobody knows who this lady is. They'll probably want to know who this lady is. <laughs> And it was just so strange, and I, I just was like, this is so unnecessary. I can't vouch for the shooting order of things. Yeah. But my understanding is that this this lady was always planned to be in it. Yikes. That's my understanding. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm sure 
there was a an intended purpose for this lady to serve just or maybe it's just this oh look they're they're kind of sort of related and, yes. and here they are interacting and they don't really realize it kind of thing but at this point in the story who cares yes who who cares at all i didn't care we're 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 trying to resolve this whole nemesis thing and this you know it becomes i don't know three-dimensional chess at this point as as Things are going back and forth, and people are switching sides, and Deflores gets cooed upon, and then yeah. uh, uh, Ace is worried, but she's a warrior, and she hates fascists anyway, so screw them. And unfortunately, the boombox doesn't have auto reverse, so the yeah. Severman transmissions start getting through. And I don't know. Validium shows up live in, in concert. Cue the pyrotechnics. <laughs> you know, I did love that weird interaction between Ace and the Nemesis where the nemesis is just kind of monologuing and goes and <laughs> finishes up by saying, I am retribution. And Ace goes, all right, catch you later. I'm yes. like, what is happening? I don't know. That was uh, that. I think that those were the origins of cool story, bro. <laughs> it might be. My goodness. It might be cool. Cool story statue. And uh, we get a lot of Ace fighting the Cybermen in part three, which was great. I loved mm-hmm. the, uh, the, I, I guess it was a tracking shot of Ace running through um, that warehouse like looking warehouse place. In, yeah. Yes, and just like explosions going all <laughs> over the place. And um, she's just shooting gold at people. Yes. With exactly. a slingshot. Oh, yeah, that's right, because when they were back in 1638, she grabbed yes. a, a bag of gold coins that was meant for the Shakespeare math dude that they eventually killed. Yeah, and... Man, she I, I love that they corner her at one point mm-hmm. and they're like, we only detect one piece of gold. And she goes, all right, well, who's going to die? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, yeah, Ace, you That's tell her. Ace. She's a badass. Yeah. So she kills one. The other two shoot each other. And one of them falls off the uh, scaffolding. And yes. he, as as he is falling, he is also exploding. So this is the and, worst and death I, of all and time. And I believe doing the shouting yes. death yawn. Yes, the death yawn as well. The death yawn uh, came into full effect in uh, part three here. Yes. We heard it like lot. every three seconds. <laughs> but also worth it. I At one point, uh, the nemesis says to the doctor, you will need me in the future. Can I just campaign for Validium reappearing in season 11? Yeah, might as well. Um, our time travelers finally show up to the party, and they're like, hey, uh, give us those things or I'll tell you the secrets. I'll tell everyone your secrets, doctor. And oh, yes. Is this a... Um, this seems to be a, a storyline that I apparently... Uh, don't remember from any other episode in in 25 okay uh, so remembrance of the daleks yes um we have the hand of omega yes um and there is some stuff that is heavily hinted there um and and that was kind of part of the cartmel master plan and i yes, think there's a okay. little bit that, that gets talked about in fenric um uh and and all of this, all of this is working to make the Doctor more mysterious, right? Because coming off the Colin Baker years, which were kind of aloof, as it were, um, they're like, "Hey, let's 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 bring that mystery back uh, to the show." So so there's some stuff that's been peppered through 
to kind of suggest that the doctor is is older than even he lets on and that 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 he was kind of uh, uh, there at the start not of necessarily of Gallifreyan civilization uh. of time lord civilization that it was it was Omega and it was Rassilon and and the doctor who was uh, under a, a different name at that time if right. I remember correctly interesting yeah but of course it, it's stuff that's peppered through and and doesn't really kind of like gel and form up um i'm using cooking metaphors now i don't know what the hell's going on (laughs) um over the course of the season so it's all stuff that's like kind of there and kind of mysterious and you kind of just roll with it and then later on like you're doing now kind of go wait why is that coming up here yeah all right that makes sense um he kind of doesn't really seem to care about it at first he seems to care about it but he gives the uh he gives the power of uh, the Silver Nemesis to the Cybermen. Um, and I love uh, Lady Painfort just screaming. Oh, she just loses it. Just screaming and running and mm-hmm. then falling into where the Silver Nemesis is and then becoming consumed by it? I guess so. I, I guess. I don't know. And the uh, it, you know, it takes off and flies into space and kills the Cyber Fleet. Which, if I remember right, it's first instructed to do and then told not to do and then completely acts on its own as like, whatever, y'all. Yeah, it's strange. I don't I don't know. And we get one. I don't I don't profess to understand what, you know, statues and living metal like floating around in comets decide to do. I have no I don't. Yeah, I don't either. Laying there looking like action figures and packages. I don't get it. And we get one more uh, just for the road. We get one more uh, Cyberman stubbed toe while yawning noise, and uh, just for the road, and they they take Richard back to his time because why not? I guess. Yeah. And then we better, uh, better than being stuck in 1988. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. I, don't... I mean, what would what would he do? What would he do? He he. I don't know. Go to social work or something. Oh. Oh no. <laughs> uh. So. The... Ace and the Doctor are playing chess, and oh, I understand everything now. It's like a of big course. old game of chess. And Ace asks, "Who exactly are you, Doctor?" And he says, "Shut up! I'm listening to music." And that's pretty much, pretty much how uh, this the 25th anniversary of our favorite show ended. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah. I um. I mean, I this was be okay. Honest, it was okay, I guess. It might. I honestly, I'm trying to think of a worse episode we watched. If I'm being completely honest, Underworld. Oh boy, Kinda. Oh, Kinda was bad. See, that's like that's like our benchmark. Oh, jeez, Underworld. Why can't I remember Underworld? Uh, Fourth Doctor, Leela. All the caves are shot on blue screen. <laughs> yes. Okay. That one was pretty bad as well. Oh boy. Oh. Oh, but that didn't that have didn't that have the fun? Oh yeah, it had the diglets. Um, it did have the diglets. And I feel like did this was this also the one that had the uh the not the escalator of doom, the moving sidewalk of doom, is that this one too? Um I might be mixing up episodes. No, now. I think you're mixing up episodes. All right. And I can't remember what episode that was. It was one we did relatively recently. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, oh, that was a good one. This one is uh, pretty much... It's down there. It's down there. 
It is unfortunately, and it, and I say that with the greatest love for for seven and eight. Oh yes, yeah, of course. So, so, Silver Nemesis on the whole really just was like yikes, kind of kind of weak. It's yikes. I if <laughs> yeah, it's yikes. It's definitely yikes. Um, but <laughs> but next time will probably not be yikes. Before and... we dive into next time, I have to ask since I've got two hundred ribbons that say it. Do we have a Doug and Smash moment? Ooh, do we? Do we have... have anything that belongs on the Duggan scale? Because we haven't talked Duggan scale in a while. Okay, yeah, we do. It's when Ace blows up the uh, the cyber ship. I okay, I will give you that. It's not a punch, but it's I'm an explosion. Sure it landed good. I don't think there's any. Uh, I think the the just the the main point of the the Duggan scale is some sort of unnecessary destruction. So then, would we call or the over... dramatic cyber tumble from the from the catwalk? Oh, <laughs> maybe. No, I wouldn't say. I'd say maybe over the top, and maybe also unnecessary destruction. Okay. Um, and I I would probably nominate Ace exploding the the cyber ship there because I feel like it exploded and then it exploded. <laughs> <laughs> it exploded like two times. Well, you know, it hits the fuel tank. So, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could nominate that. I think. Right. Did you? Could you think of anything else? I think that's the only thing that was exploded um, slash destroyed. Right? Yeah, because everybody else was using guns, yeah. whether it was submachine guns or cyber pop guns, whatever those yes, were. Yes. Oh, geez. Couldn't afford some lasers, huh? All right. I, which is funny because. Popping back to that documentary, they they talk about you know putting in you know digital lasers after the after the after the fact, and I'm like I don't remember them doing that. <laughs> you definitely did not do that. You might have skipped that part, guys. <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway, indeed. So so next time, um, very excited was, for this. Yes, mainly because we uh, I think we we said we were going to try and do this. Before the Christmas special, mm-hmm. we could not track it down, but we finally yep. did. Oh, um, boy. Very excited. We are actually going to watch Shada next time. Woohoo! Um, it stars Tom Baker as the Doctor, Lila Ward as Romana, and David, oh boy. Br- Briarly? Briarly. Yes, it's Briarly. David Briarly as Canine. It was written by Douglas Adams Woo. and directed by, uh, originally by Pennant Roberts and um, in the newer version by Charles Norton. Oh, that's why there's two names. Yes. Okay. So uh, oh. this is the one where they they got the cast back together to record. Uh, and they also did the animation like they did in, oh boy, what episode was that? Power of the Daleks. Power of the Daleks. So they did that. I, I will say this, and this is, this is a good sign because I've, I've actually started watching just a little bit of it. I couldn't wait. Um, and the parts that are animated, I don't know if they're doing the animation a little bit differently or if it's the fact that it's color, Yeah, but it looks better. Okay, good. Perfect. <laughs> I thought you'd like that news. I like that already. That sounds great. great. All right, so yeah, join us again next time for that. I'm I'm yes, very excited for that. Totally. And then um man, we've got two more episodes left till Gallifrey. Oh boy. And then the Gallifrey episodes. And then the Gallifrey episodes, which you Ooh. will you will all enjoy and we'll probably have special guests and 
have a good old time. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Anyway, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. It's the Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JP Thrice. And you can follow Taylor on Twitter and Instagram at Apex Buddha. Perfect. See, look at that. Yeah. Is that synergy? That is synergy. Perfect. Synergistic. Uh, <laughs> subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search Podcastica. Rate and review us as well. And uh, SoundCloud.com slash the NOTLG. Uh, subscribe to us on there. Uh, and just go over to NOTLG.com as well. Uh, this show, Taylor's new show, has a new episode up. Yeah, just put out episode two of If Memory Serves uh, just today. So please, yeah, go check it out. That should be up on iTunes later tonight. So, nice. so when you're listening to this, you will uh, be able to get it on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Yep. Uh, NOTLG.spreadshirt.com by uh, the future of time and space is female because the future is now. I'm going to be wearing that shirt at Gallifrey and I will just be windmill punching people that want to <laughs> talk to me. No, I'm kidding. I will not. Uh, I just thought of me walking down the hall just windmill punching. Yep. Just the air and be like, tell me why this is wrong. Tell me why the <laughs> alien can't turn into a woman. Um, <laughs> Patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Um, thank you for all that donate to us to uh, to help us keep this uh, ship a-running. We appreciate yep. it. Uh, the Y-Axes. Twitter.com slash the Y-Axes. Facebook.com slash the Y-Axes. The Y-Axes.bandcamp.com. And they're also on Spotify. So check them out. Uh, so join us again in two weeks, and we will be talking about Shada, and we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. Are you still there? I am still there. Oh, man, it got really quiet, and now, oh, I'm sorry. Which I'll... doesn't happen in this house. No. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit NLTLG.com.